Pass, pass, pass. Pass the poutine. This is the poutine. Fries, cheese curds, and chicken gravy. This is the poutine. Hi, everyone. It's your host, Nina, from Pass the Poutine Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Kyle, and I know him from the DIU guys. Uh, Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on the podcast, Nina. Nice to be in here. I mean, <laughs> yeah. everyone wants to be on your podcast. We're... Just like Jack, I want to be on you know... your podcast really badly. Oh my god, if you wanted to be on, why didn't you just hit me up? I'm literally like messaging random people on the internet to be like, oh, do you want to be on my podcast? If you wanted to be on, I would have been like, of course, Kyle, absolutely. I, I would have done that earlier, but then I want to do that when I'm like ready to like have my own thing as well, where it's like, oh, I could talk about that as well, but we'll get to that later, I'm sure. Okay, okay, sounds good. Yeah, so um, I actually don't know anything about you. I think the only thing I know about you is that you taught English in Taiwan. So let's just get into it, like not about the Taiwan, but about your life. So who are you? Where are you from? What kind of Asian are you? Like, what's the deal? Oh, it's great. Um, so start off again, my name is Kyle. And you know me from the DIU guys, Jack and Gavin. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty mm -hmm. much my like the longest buddies I have forever like we've known each other since high school so that's how we know each other oh so cute I love it but like like Gavin <laughs> and Jack I grew up like in Toronto area but then more specifically in like Markham where it's like pretty much Richmond of Toronto I guess in a way but Richmond I, is I love that you know so much about Vancouver by the way but then Vancouver <laughs> is such a very big city as well so it's kind of like people would know wouldn't you think like, I, I feel like Toronto is much, much, much bigger than Vancouver. But I feel like a lot of people would also know about, like, Vancouver, because a lot of people like Vancouver for, like, the nature, the mountains, and all that stuff. So they would know more about those genres of, like, people don't really know much about Toronto because there's nothing to do in Toronto, really, in that aspect. I love, <laughs> I love that you are advertising Vancouver for other people when you are in fact a Tor Toronto. How do you Tor what do you call these yourselves? Torontonian. Toronto, like why is that so difficult yeah. to pronounce? Torontonian. <laughs> That's why I never really use that. But like, I don't know. I I just feel like I know a lot about Vancouver just because people do talk about Vancouver. I feel like as much as you don't think people talk. Wait, about people in Toronto? Not necessarily. People but in like Toronto talk about people. What? But I feel like it's online though. Everything's online these days, right? So you it's really oh, easily I like I think a lot of media also cover Vancouver because it's either Toronto mm -hmm. or Vancouver, right? So Yeah, I, I feel like Toronto's more famous for sports and Vancouver's more famous for drugs. Oh yeah, that too. Drugs <laughs> and well, I mean the nature aspect is pretty big too, if you have to talk about it. I love it. Have you visited Vancouver before? Yeah, I've been to Vancouver once. It it was nice though, because like I went during like February time and it was like not a lot of mm. snow at all. So it was like, it was just a lot of rain. But other than that, it's not too bad. I love it. Well, Vancouver typically doesn't get snow. I don't know what's been going on for the last couple of years. We've been getting snow every year, but there were, there was like all, I think it was like 10 years where we never had snow. So yeah, it, it's, it's not typical for us to get snow. And I'm sure coming from Toronto, it was nice not to see snow in February. <laughs> Definitely. Like it's, especially during that time I went, during the time when I was out in Alberta. So it was like, it was mm -hmm. such a, oh like, so nice to see like a place where there's not snow at all. Cause in Alberta, especially if you go further north, it could snow to all mm -hmm. the way up to June. So it's like, 
wow Ugh. not a lot of snow that's great and it's like <laughs> you're, you guys have a great train system way better than toronto for sure so it was nice okay well thank you yeah. kyle the unofficial vancouver ambassador i'm about it i like yeah. this uh just to shit on alberta some more alberta is it was so awful to live in i lived there for a year oh. and i was like wow this is my literal nightmare we're, we're in alberta oh i'm gonna tell you and you're gonna like you're not gonna know where it is because it was a town of ten thousand people it was like a tiny bumfuck town. So if anyone's listening, I lived in Brooks, Alberta. Do you know where that is? No. How do you know the major Exactly. Wow. I used to hang out in the sauna all the time when I was in Alberta after work because it was like fucking negative 50 with the wind chill. Yeah. So I'd like just run to the sauna, run into the hot tub after work. And then as soon as I would get out and it's snow and it's so cold, my eyelashes would immediately freeze. And I was like, oh, my God, never have I felt this feeling in Vancouver. <laughs> How far away was that from like Calgary? Great question. Very great question. 200 kilometers oh, one way. Oh, no. So you're almost I mean, like, it's kind of far. You're almost like living in like the resort side of things, almost in Alberta, in a, in a sense. I wouldn't describe it as a resort in any sort of way at all. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's more like the normal distance to get to a resort part of Alberta, I guess. Mm-mm. But like... I, I guess... Yeah, like I remember living there and feeling like, wow, I, when I would go to Calgary, like maybe once a week or... uh twice and twice a month i'd be like wow i'm I'm taking a trip to the big city i get to you know (laughs) like when i was in alberta i was in kananaskis so that's like resort kind of oh oh that is the yeah that's where all the tourists go that's must be so nice did you ever what did you do there why did you move there i i I was there uh working at a hotel for a year so that's how i went out west yeah are you did you study hotel management yes i did study hotel management and i spent a year there and yeah so I, I definitely know oh. the feeling of like going to a Calgary and like, oh, wow, such a big city compared to like being <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. And like most people, all they can really do is either drink a lot when they're off or like go snowboard and skateboard. 100%. 100%. Yes. When I lived in Alberta, I was like, holy shit, these people drink so much. These people, all they do is drink. There's like a liquor store on literally every corner. Like in the small town I lived in, 10,000 people, we had at least like seven liquor stores. I'm not even kidding. Well, it doesn't help that it's next to like a supermarket. It's always next to some supermarket as well. And like whenever you're on a trip, it's like you go to the supermarket and then you go next door to the liquor store, which because you got, or at least in Alberta, it's not like governed by the government. It's not like an LCBO or something oh. like that. So it's, everything's way cheaper oh, okay. comparatively. And people just get their fix. You know what? They do it to be kind to Albertans because they have to live in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) There's really not much to do. That's so mean. Like, Yeah. Also, have you also been to like the Calgary Chinatown? No, I... What was it like? I can't remember. I've definitely been because I've been to Calgary many times. Oh, what was it like? Can you describe it again? Calgary Chinatown is like, you just feel like you're back in like the 90s vibe that you see on TV when people describe Chinatown, Mm. like San Francisco or something. Not like it's San Francisco, but like that kind of vibe where it's like very old, very like not well kept. You know, if we're going to, but if we're going to compare shitty Chinatowns in Canada, you know, which Chinatown is the worst? Which one would it be? It would be Ottawa. Ooh. Ottawa has the worst Chinatown. Yeah. But then that wouldn't really surprise me though. Like most of the time I feel like people that are like 
Asian or like Chinese at least, if they go to Ottawa, they're not mm -hmm. gonna live like in in Ottawa. They probably live outside of Ottawa, so they don't really need to have a Chinatown right in Ottawa. That's really good. I'm surprised they even have a Chinatown. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like from what I'm known from, like what my parents or like other people talk about, like like Chinese people moving to Ottawa, it's always like, oh, they live on the outskirts of the town and doing some cooking job or whatever they would do. Like. It's not going to be like right in the city, mm -hmm. city. So I could get that. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. Like, have you been to the Chinatown in Ottawa? It's no, so close to you. But no, you should go. But, like Toronto is then, so close. But then Toronto, no one goes to Ottawa, really, do they? <laughs> like, what's there? Like Parliament? Exactly. There's Parliament. You go to visit Parliament one time, take the picture, post on Instagram, and you're like, bam, I've been to Parliament. But then Duh. you only go during like. It makes sense only to go when it's July first. But then, like, really, do you want to go to Ottawa on July first? Oh yeah, no, 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 that's my nightmare. You have to drive there and all that stuff. Yeah. I would never. I would never. Ottawa is not that interesting, right? No, it was really, really, really boring. It was very, very boring. Like most often, people stop by when they go to Montreal. If they go to Ottawa, like it's on 100%. the way. Well, that's that's exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I feel like I've been to Ottawa to go to Montreal, but I went to Ottawa during the night, so I passed by Parliament Hill or around that area during the night, so it wasn't really. That, that special and I was like really young at that point so I don't mm, remember anything about that I love that you but, were so uh, young and you're like I will never come back I don't care <laughs> yeah yeah I mean like yeah but I mean the Chinatowns like in Cal the Chinatown in Calgary is like nothing compared to like Markham or like Richmond where like they actually try to like make sure that it's kept well or like they want to develop it like Calgary Chinatown just feel like it just left behind like things just ends up there but like nothing's gonna improve in the sense that people want to go there really mm. you know what's interesting i i find that calgary doesn't have a really high chinese population unlike they, um richmond they or really Markham. don't they don't right i feel like when i was in calgary there were more vietnamese people than chinese people and oh, i was like whoa. yes yeah. right there's so many viet people in calgary i was like whoa what the heck so uh yeah. i mean I, I ate super good viet food when i was there but yeah. oh you thought it was good I, I thought it was good, but maybe I just have bad taste. You didn't think it was good? No, I'm, no, I'm just curious from, from your perspective is oh, okay. that you thought it was good. Like, I thought it was good. Like, I don't have no complaints about it, but like... Yeah, no, no. I thought Calgary Viet food was good. I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. Like, I actually think it might be better than some Viet food in Vancouver. Oh, hmm. Because, then... because Calgary, because Alberta has better beef. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. So that, that that's what I think. I don't know. <laughs> no, but like Chinatown in Calgary, you could you you could like skip it. I would say. Yeah, don't visit that. However, Calgary downtown downtown Calgary is very nice. I will say. I will give oh, them. Oh well, I mean, I mean, compared to Vancouver downtown, <laughs> it's kind of mad though. You're so you really hard to please, it. Kyle. My God. <laughs> Isn't it true though? Isn't it true? <laughs> I mean, I Vanc yeah, uh, d downtown Vancouver itself, I think is like if you're talking about buildings and shops, I think it's mediocre. Uh, the only thing downtown Vancouver really has is like we have the sea, we have the mm -hmm. uh, what is it, Stanley Park. But if you take that away, I think our downtown is really bleh. That's true, but yeah, I, I thought the Calgary downtown looks a lot nicer than Vancouver. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's not nice, but I would say it's nothing special. That's the thing, like. It's not a standout. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You lived in Asia. You can't compete with Asia, man. Asian people love shopping. They love spending all their that, money. That's true. But like looking back, at it, like Calgary wasn't 
it was like it felt like where they aren't that behind, but you could still feel like it's behind in some regards to like how things are developed, even though it shouldn't be, because mm-hmm. it's still a pretty big city in the grand yeah, scheme yeah. of things. Mm-hmm. No, no, I I feel you. People should go to Calgary, but like at the same time, people only really go to Calgary on their way to the Rockies or something like that to a resort. <laughs> it's I never love it. really. People should go to Calgary, but they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a stop. It's it's literally to stop and then go to the next destination. Though I don't feel like it's yeah. a place where it's like, oh, I'm gonna go to Calgary to tr- for tourism, that kind of thing. That's true. Calgary doesn't have much of a. A tourist scene. Like, I would say if you're going to go to Alberta, visit Drumheller for all the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyways, visit Drumheller. That's all I have to say. Alberta, I think, is great if you want to work in oil. Yes. Or you're into hunting. Yes. You love winter, a.k.a. you love to suffer. Yes. It's great for all those things. (laughs) Yeah. The only non-cold time is, like, July and August and September, I think. Yeah, agree. I always tell everyone Alberta is nine months of winter. My nightmare would never. Yeah, I started working in Alberta in like maybe like I got there like end of May, early June, and it was still snowing up there. Oh, God. I was like, sure, I get that it's way further up north than Calgary, of course, but still, it shouldn't be like this. It should at least, it should be cold or cooler, but like it shouldn't be where there's, I can see snow on the ground. <laughs> Kyle's like, why is Canada so fucking cold? Because <laughs> it's Canada. Yeah, I, I don't oh complain about the cold, but it's just like, I don't want to live in a place where like three quarters of the year is pretty much snow or like really, really cold. I love it. I love that you say that coming from Toronto, which is like eight months of winter. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> It's true. Eight months of winter does that to you, though. Like you're just bitter about winter. Torontonians are so gritty and hard to please. You and Jack should pack up your bags and just live in Vancouver. Honestly, uh, yeah, just just move here. I, feel like and... I, I can't do Vancouver though. It's one of those things. You can't do like... Vancouver. Why? It's so easy to live here. Because it's too expensive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Besides, yeah. Yeah, that's agree. Agree. Vancouver's very expensive. Toronto's also expensive, you know? I, I feel like it is, but it also isn't. Like I feel like your suburbs are still more expensive to live in than our suburbs in a sense. Oh, okay. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, if you're gonna wait out city versus city, yeah, both are like so expensive and like just not worth it at all. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't mm-hmm. live in the suburb, you must be like you have to be making so much money or like you're just a struggling artist type whereas like i'm i'm living paycheck to paycheck and i'm still struggling everyone here lives paycheck to paycheck no one can afford their own home unless their parents uh give them some money for a down payment but if you don't have parents that have money shit out of luck you're living luck, paycheck yeah. to paycheck yeah and, life yeah. is hard <laughs> i don't know vancouver is nice though mm-hmm. vancouver, vancouver is, is nice. nice it's nice to travel and stuff and you got the islands and the and the ocean too so you got everything pretty much do you think there's anything missing in Vancouver? That's like, I wish you had that. Um, no, I can't say there is. 
Vancouver has it all. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, Vancouver is great. I can't really complain about it. And uh, we have all the flights. If you want to go to Asia from Toronto, you have to fly to Vancouver first, right? To go to Asia. That's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, so it, it is easy. But again, because of the convenience and everything, it is more expensive. Totally understand. However, I do want to talk about your experience growing up in Toronto. Um, uh, sorry, I mean... Growing up in Toronto, uh, <laughs> let me try to be more native here. So what was it like growing up Asian, Canadian in Toronto? Did you always grow up in Markham where there were a lot of Asians? And, and yeah, just, just tell me about yeah. your life, Kyle. Tell me so, about yourself. Yeah, like you mentioned, like I'm Asian, Canadian, Chinese. And like I moved to Canada when I was like four or so. And um, mm-hmm. I lived in not actually Toronto. People not familiar with Toronto, they have to recognize a lot of people say they're from Toronto, but in fact, a lot of them actually live in like the greater Toronto area. Yeah. And I lived in like mm-hmm. the greater Toronto area in the suburbs near like Scarborough and Markham Scarborough is another like suburb kind of place, a little grittier, mm-hmm. according to a lot of Toronto people or Ontario. And then <laughs> okay. like it's near, it's still near to Markham, but not quite yet. Mm-hmm. And I lived there for a bit and then. It's during high school where I like lived in Markham proper, where I met like Jack and all, Gavin and all the people that was in my high school. Our high school was pretty much all Chinese or Indian. What? And oh, really shit. white and black people were the minority, like the really small minority. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's really in high school is when I really had that like realization. Wow, I actually living and studying in a place where everyone's pretty much Chinese. And they're not just Chinese. They're like Chinese Canadian. So they like, they totally get the duality of being Asian Canadian. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Or like there, there would be a few that are like just like immigrated or whatnot. But a lot of them are like, yeah, Asian Canadian kind of identity. Mm-hmm. So we all share the same values, share what we like and whatnot. It's like, it just depends on how varying degrees of how asian are they or how in tune with them with their culture which everyone is on a different scale i would say or like different levels right right it's like a continuum like i I think about that all the time about like because you know like i'm asian canadian you're asian canadian jack's asian canadian etc right but i feel like there's like a continuum of how asian canadian are you versus like and the two ends would be asian and the, the other end would be canadian canadian being like i don't know white ish or whatever yes and i feel like i definitely lean more towards like the canadian white side i mean look at my podcast name (laughs) but (laughs) i feel like if you grew up in an environment where a lot of people were they looked like you and they were chinese canadian specifically you would lean almost more towards the asian part of asian canadian would you do you think that's true for yourself Uh, i feel like it would be but i think in the grand scheme of things for like other people it might not be the same just because just because you live in that environment doesn't mean necessarily you in your own home life you'll be more like get into more asian kind of stuff mm-hmm. like just because your school everyone is like very like asian ish mm-hmm. doesn't mean back home is like that because it could be very back home it could still with the old mindset of like you can only speak english at home and like everything you do have to be like canadianized kind of thing because we do know people that grew up where it's like oh my parents didn't want me to speak another language because they were scared that you know my english wouldn't be good enough something like that right yeah absolutely i i think that that was the household i lived in Uh, my dad definitely preferred that i speak like i spoke english my english is so fucking shit but um yeah so so vietnamese wasn't necessarily 
what's the yeah. word i don't know Require, like encourage. Needed, encourage yeah or, yeah like, yeah like for my yeah. household i feel like my parents didn't really like discourage or encourage it just i just spoke to them in chinese like or cantonese and then when my grand grandpa and grandpa was around like like living with us and whatnot they they only they only they only spoke like cantonese so right therefore like i always spoke cantonese at home and it wasn't a really issue like and then a lot of chinese canadians also went to like saturday school for for chinese some helped them some really didn't do much so it's like it really mm-hmm. depends i feel like it also depends on also what kind of media they consume as well right 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 did did you find yourself consuming more asian media or more canadian slash american media growing up growing up i was say definitely more asian media oh wait, wait i forgot to ask what uh what country were you born in i was born in hong kong oh, okay okay hong kong okay because yeah. you said cantonese and i was like yeah. oh it could be hong kong or like that place that jack's from i don't know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah okay okay all right so more asian stuff so like tvb and things yeah. like that yeah like not necessarily just like chinese but like also like J- japanese and korean depending on what was also like really popular and like the hong kong sphere of entertainment i guess so it could be like mm-hmm. all east asian media per se Right, right, right. Like, did you find that your peers were also into Asian media? I would say there, there's a good amount, but I wouldn't say every one of them was because I definitely have peers that were like really more on the more Canadian side or more whitewash side where mm-hmm. like they know about it, but they don't like consume it or like really got into it as much as they did with like uh, Western media. Right, right. Nice. So, so how do so what do you think about Asian Canadian identity? Like I I feel like there's so much media now with like so many uh rising Asian American actors and um you know, Canada we're getting there. We we got Kim's convenience. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so so what does Asian Canadian identity kind of mean to you? Like did you fe- do you feel Asian Canadian? Do you feel Asian? Do you feel Canadian like what what's your what are your thoughts on that? Um, for the longest time, I feel like I wasn't Asian enough, and also wasn't like Canadian or Western enough mm-hmm. in a sense. Where I'm always stuck in the middle. I think that's very generic, stereotypical kind of diaspora kind of kid like yeah, um, totally. struggle or like just experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like it's nice to like actually know where you fit in. Yeah. But then now as I'm in my late 20s and like kind of figure things out, like I feel like it doesn't really matter. It's just be whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But I feel like before we get to that, we need like media and like like mainstream kind of attention to where like these people can fit. Like a lot of times I feel like right now with like Asian representation, mm-hmm. they're more leading towards either like showing stories of like really, really Canadian or like Western Asians in how they live or like they're all the way back to like very like um Asian kind of identity where it's like oh um like a parasite kind of thing where it's like mm-hmm. it's very either very Asian or very like um stereotypical western born Asian identity there's nothing in between where it's like do you get what I mean not really <laughs> like the media what, am I try- what are you trying, <laughs> what to, say? trying to say is like <laughs> I know I'm saying right now like in terms of Asian representation, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like either like Kim Kim convenience mm-hmm. or like uh, uh, let's see what else is there crazy rich Asian all those stuff mm-hmm. they're more in the lens of like Asians that grew up in the West right 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 but then they are aren't as in tune with their Asian identity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
or like they're trying to figure it out, not, but not really, really trying to figure it out more like they want to know more, but it's not really digging into it as much. Right. And then on the other spectrum, it'll be like films like Parasite or like Burning. Oh, like, like all literally these, like, from Asia. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, literally from Asia, right. but then we just caught wind of it because it's great. And also like it's Asian representation in the aspect, but it's not Asian American or Asian Canadian perspective trying to deal with when you are yourself in the middle feeling you're not Asian or Western enough. Mm, okay. Okay. I, I, I get what you're saying. So you mean like you're either like Asian from Asia or like whitewash, like Asian. Um, but there's no, like maybe 1.5 gen, I think is what you're talking about. Maybe you came to Canada. Yes, exactly. Like when you're five or when you're eight or when you're yeah. 10. And then, cause, cause yeah, cause yeah. that I could imagine being like extremely confusing. You know what I mean? Like, like, cause I was born mm -hmm. and raised here and I didn't know I was Asian until I moved to a very white area <laughs> when I was 14. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh. Because like I grew up in Vancouver, like East Van and you know, everyone in East, Van, well, not everyone, but like we had a huge Asian population. We also had a lot of white people. It was very mixed. So everyone was like chill with each other. You know what I mean? So everyone was like, everyone fucked mm -hmm. with each other. But when I moved to this very white area, I was like, oh, I am not white like I, it's not that when i lived in vancouver i thought i was white but i just thought i'm me you know but yeah mm -hmm. i learned that i wasn't white or canadian when i moved uh into a very white area so was there like a very like spark that was like oh shit i'm not white or like i'm asian that kind of is there like a particular moment you really remember <laughs> the, or just you felt you felt right away that's a great question um the the first moment was when i walked into a classroom and literally everyone was white and i was like oh <laughs> oh okay and they all stared yeah. at you like not like, like a new student kind yeah, of way, yeah. but like oh you're you look not like different. not like a new student type of way more like a did you arrive from mars type of way like how did you even get here or like like um look you down and see like are you one of us or are you like someone that we shouldn't get along with oh my gosh kyle i wish they would even give me the option of being one of them never was i afforded that. oh really these i'm talking these people oh. were like real white people like they they grew up on farms they they're white through and through you know what i mean like it, it yeah these yeah. people aren't exposed like to yeah. other people of other races i don't i don't know if i feel like fortunate or like in the sense that i like jack and gavin and i never had that experience mm -hmm, growing up mm -hmm. in like as like big scale as you did but i also feel like you having that experience also made you who you are as well that could like more make you more adaptable to like mainstream like western society in a sense like i feel like for us we kind of still live lived in the bubble for sure like where everyone around us was like chinese or like asian at least mm -hmm. like there will be white people around but like you don't feel like much about it yeah no 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 definitely like i think if i stayed in east van my whole life i would feel the same way you gavin and jack feel you know like i would be like what what are you talking about but yeah after moving out here i was like oh they're different they, they think I'm different. I guess we are different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but again, yeah, like you said, it did give me the perspective I did. Um, it did also make me less judgmental of like, quote unquote, typical white people shit, like um, hunting or what are other like camping and things like that, you know, like people from Vancouver City usually don't hunt or camp and 
all that stuff mm-hmm. but um after living here like my high school teachers like hunted and they talked about their kills and and or what do, what do you call them when you uh hunt something your game your game there you go oh my god yeah how do i not know that do you watch alone by the way alone the tv show i think i heard of it but what is it about again it's about they take a bunch of like survival experts aka like expert hunters and they can build their own sheds and shit out of nothing and they get them to live in i think like somewhere north of canada like super super north in the arctic and then they have to survive and whoever survives the longest wins yeah it's pretty great it just reminds me of another show like almost like that like naked and afraid oh yeah i've heard of that i haven't seen it yeah Yeah, i haven't seen it either but like that's that's i guess it's a similar concept but yeah 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 no absolutely so yeah and then also when i lived in alberta i became a lot less more judgmental but then when i moved to alberta and i talked to basically only white people because that's all there is around me and um they're like albertans are super nice i know we spent like 20 minutes shitting on alberta in the beginning of the episode but albertans as human beings are very kind uh people yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Um, yeah. Anyways, what were <laughs> we talking about? I, yeah, Canadian yeah. identity, man. I don't know. I don't. Do you feel like Asian representation right now is like at where you feel like it should be at this point, or like, or what else could it be better for, or like how can it be better? For me, I I think it's great that we're seeing more Asians in media. Uh, I think my main thing is I just want to normalize um, Asians that know how to speak English. <laughs> That's kind of my main thing. Cause it's kind of the bane of my existence when someone is like, Oh my God, your English is so good. Where did you learn? Really? It? You get that? So I get often. that, you get that a lot? so much. It drives me insane. From who, where and who? You know, like... what's funny. I get it from literally everyone. Like I get it from white people and I get it from new immigrants. Cause like white people are like, oh, this why is this Asian girl like why is her English so good? And then new immigrants are like, why is this Asian girl's English so good? Do you feel like do you feel like it's one like because of your gender and two if it's just where you're at in terms of where in Canada we are? Because for me personally, I never had that ever in my life. What the fuck? I have had that like not that I could recall. I've had that literally even today, <laughs> and I work from home. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just that my, my English is shit to a lot of people. <laughs> so, so they that's never why. say still, it. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. my god. I don't I don't know. I think I think it's uh I don't to be honest, I, I don't have an answer. I don't know. Like I'm So that yeah. bugs you the most. It just drives me insane because I'm just like, hello. I you know, it's like possible for Asians to be born in Canada. Like it's possible that I grew up here. Was that even, you know, like a thought in your mind? Like I didn't just hop off the plane yesterday. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's there have been Asians that have been living in Canada for decades. You know what I mean? Like my thing is if you're listening to me speak, you should automatically be like, Oh, she was born here. You know what I mean? You shouldn't go to like, oh, yeah. her English is uh, very good. <laughs> like what? But I will also say like in addition to like normalize like asian can speak english mm-hmm. if they're born in like the west but we should also normalize that asian people in asia can also some of them could also speak english as well as you if not better i think i think right now they're still like the whole thing oh if you're from asia and you're asian asian then your english is not that great but there are a lot of people in asia that their English actually really, really good. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, um, I know you lived in Taiwan. I lived in Korea and Vietnam. Uh, 
a lot of Vietnamese people speak English and like a decent amount of Korean. Like I wouldn't say a lot just because in the area I lived in in Korea was like very rural. In Seoul, like almost everyone speaks English, but in the rural area I lived in, not a lot. But yeah, I totally agree with you. A lot more Asian people in Asia speak English than people think. Yeah, and I kind of like want that more normalized because then uh, I think a part of them are a lot of people not thinking that people in Asia can't speak English mm-hmm. is because of the fact that they still see a lot of Asia as being really poor and not educated. And thus, that's why their English is bad when in fact, like a lot of people in Asia can speak English because, you know, colonization and all that stuff made like English required and whatnot. <laughs> so yeah, It's one of those things where it's like, it's how people think Asians are. That's why they think like, we can't speak English that well. Mm-hmm. No, 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 absolutely. Uh, with the increase of Asians on the screen, I have noticed that Asian men ha- have been climbing up the sexy ladder. <laughs> uh, have you? Ha- has this affected you? Because I know for a long time, Asian men are seen as this effeminate, quiet, shy, scrawny thing. But... I, I think lately, like, so many girls that aren't Asian are like, oh, my God, like, I think Asian guys are so hot. Like, everyone is, like, drooling over Jung from Kim's Convenience. Yeah. Like, um, have you noticed uh, more positivity towards Asian men since we, since everyone has been more exposed to Asian guys on TV? Asian men moving out the total pole. I would feel like, like, yeah, definitely true. But I will also say, like, mm-hmm. it really depends on how you see like what kind of asian men are being put up though because if you really think about it asian men right now they are considered sexy by like say white people because we're talking about like because asian people always knew asian men are sexy <laughs> at least in asia right I, I, like like that's right would you think I, so like, i mean ah! I, I don't see color. Oh, oh you don't see- I appreciate men of I appreciate men of all okay, color. Sure. But I'm saying like in the grand scheme of things, like Asian men in Asia, Asian women don't find like unattractive like what in the West white right. woman feels about it. But like totally. right now in these four years, there's a thing where like Asian men that are like considered sexy or being propped up, moved up to the totem pole, or a certain kind though. What kind are they? Right. They're the more like excluding the K-pop type, like like oh, yeah. Asian men, totally which we'll them. get into. Like mm-hmm. we could get to that later. Let's do that. But like mainstream, like Western Asian men that are sexy nowadays, or it has to be like more pale skin, more tall, more buff. The mm. ones like that, the typical kind of like macho kind of Asian men, which I'm not saying is bad, mm-hmm. but at the same time is like. There's more than, there's more Asian men that are sexy, but not looking like that. That's what I'm trying to say. And the fact, like, for right now, in order for Asian men to be, like, shown on, like, TV or movies, I feel like you have to fit that mold. If you're not that mold, you're not even considered. But for me personally, for Asian representation, for at least Asian men, I want to get to a point where an average looking Asian man could get on the screen, no problem. Or, like, they don't have to be like buff and like all that stuff in order to be on TV. Mm. Like with the whole thing with white men is like white men can be anything, right? Literally anything, and they could be a, a like a lead in a love co- romantic comedy. Right now, at this point, 
can we can we really see uh Asian scrawny guy who can be like artistic guy or artistic or like very <laughs> talented in what regard be a lead in a romantic love comedy artistic scrawny Asian lead in a romantic comedy I like it let's make this happen yeah, <laughs> yeah we can make that happen but like but you get what I, get I mean, what right? Mean. But for a white guy, it's always it's always a thing that they can do. Right, right, right. So like we're still in the infantile stages of getting Asian men in media because right now the Asian men that we see in media is typically more one dimensional. You know, they're like tall and good looking mm -hmm. and light skin like that. Yeah, totally. No. And um, I don't, I don't really feel like this is such a big thing, but I've heard of other people say like. The kind of way we're like kind of propping these kind of Asian men up as like oh really sexy and whatnot mm -hmm. is kind of problematic in the aspect like how right now a lot of like these Asian men that are like popular or like propped up mm -hmm. for being off sexy and all that stuff they kind of had the mentality of like telling like Asian men like if you don't if you can't get like notice or like white women don't like you just you just you just gotta like train you gotta buff up you gotta like man up that kind right. of thing and that kind of macho lift <laughs> and that kind of like macho-ness mm -hmm. is kind of toxic in a sense right at oh, least okay. for some people yeah no no I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, no, totally. I love your point of view. And, and I think we should normalize a lot of things. And scrawny, artistic Asian men is definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah. So underrepresented. I, I, I just feel like for even Asian women in like representation in media and stuff, mm -hmm. like it's still very one-dimensional as well. And we need to also change that. Absolutely agree. At the same point, like Asian women are still accepted whether or not you think it's a positive or not but for asian men unless you get into a certain way mm -hmm. they're not even gonna look at you in the sense of like getting you on like mainstream media right right no 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 and then as for like white women or like any kind of woman liking asian men more it's a good thing obviously but like right now it's still too earlier to tell whether it's gonna be just like a fad or it'll end up being quite bad in terms of like we become like more of just tokenized or like the whole fetishizing like the culture aspect because mm -hmm. the, the k-pop thing let's talk about the k-pop thing yeah for sure i personally uh don't find the, the k-pop dudes attractive uh I, you're, you're gonna get a lot of hate for that oh kyle you think people listen to my podcast thank you so much um enough enough <laughs> enough people do yeah like well, as long as you don't have like like 14 year old girls oh. that are like so into k-pop listening yeah, no, then you're no. fine that is not my demographic at all um i don't know <laughs> k-pop at all but yeah like i i think what the k-pop guys and girls are doing is great i think k-pop girls are super sexy um k-pop men like i get it you know what i mean not my type but i get it but i i want to hear your point of view like what do you think about the k-pop guys because a lot i know a lot of girls that are super into the k-pop dudes I, like i did like k-pop or like i was really into k-pop but like that was like over 10 years ago so like now i was like i don't mm -hmm. follow it or like <laughs> you liked it before it was cool right kyle yeah yeah that that's that's what i'm trying to get at yeah i definitely liked it before it's cool <laughs> such a hipster yeah I, I think it's cool that like they're getting their like their shine and people are looking at them but mm -hmm. At the same time, now that I'm in my like late 20s and like really more want to focus on like, like specifically diaspora Asian representation, mm -hmm. I don't know whether or not I feel like K-pop really does that or at least does what I want 
things to be happening, like what the outcome I want. Like right now, I feel like as much as you want to say all Asians are Asian, but at a certain time or at a certain point, we got to admit that diaspora Asians and Asians are still a difference. Yeah, we're on a continuum and that continuum is very long. It might be infinity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like it does, it could do some good for diaspora Asians if, like, Asian media in Asia is more, like, look positively on. But, like, at the same time, I feel like they will always be the thing of, like, oh, there are some outsiders coming in rather than they are part of the fabric of Western media. Part of the fabric of the world. Yeah. Out- yeah. But then, for in the West, they're very western lens center where like even if the world likes likes what they like it doesn't matter unless either it's in it's starting in the west or like it's in english that's the thing right right yeah no i i find your viewpoints very fascinating and you make a lot of valid ones um can i just ask what is your educational background i know you said you studied tourism but it seems like you know or understand a lot about like sociology and culture um, yeah, I, I study like hotel and food management. There's like a normal kind of bachelor of business kind of degree. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And I don't know, I just read a lot about like specifically like Asian and like Asian identity kind of things. But like, I try to read as much as possible about a lot of different things. So I guess that's the thing. But I don't know. Oh, okay. It's interesting. You think it's really interesting that I know like a lot about stuff when like our friend Gavin actually has a sociology degree and like really about <laughs> like the theories yeah. and stuff like sometimes like he talks like yeah like <laughs> you make so much sense and it's like and you're backing up with theories and stuff like oh shit Gavin's really smart Can't argue with you he's really intelligent yeah. for sure shout out to our friend Gavin such a cool dude yeah um yeah, no, no, I just thought you might have minored in sociology or something, because when you talk about it, you know a lot about it, and it, and you're very passionate about it, which is like kind of a similar vibe I get from Gavin, you know? So I was like, oh, I thought that was really cool. Speaking of which, yeah. vibe, Asian culture, Asian society, Asian Canadian identity, let's talk about your podcast. So I heard that you recently started a sure. podcast. Tell me about it, what it's called, what it's about, etc. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. So... I just started a brand new podcast and it's called What Kind of Asian Are You? So as you can guess, it's going to be a mostly Asian culture or Asian identity focused podcast where we would be talking about specifically diaspora Asian stories and diaspora Asians experience living in the West. Mm -hmm. So I want to interview others that are diaspora Asians and learn and talk to them about what they went through and their family stories and all that kind of thing and try to see whether or not we could learn from from it in terms of better understanding our own identity in regards to our Asian identity and also our Western identity and how we could kind of like meet in the middle in a positive manner where it's like it's okay to be like stuck in the middle where you're Asian but you're also Western you don't have to be in the extreme of like either too Asian or too whitewashed or too like Canadian or Western in a sense. Mm -hmm. And I also want to highlight like famous diaspora Asians are out there that's doing great things or did great things in the past. Do you want to name drop some right now? In terms of what? Name drop some great Asian diaspora people that you want on your podcast eventually. Manifest it. Make it happen. Oh, manifest it. Yeah. At first I was like, are you going to say dead or alive? And like, if it's dead or alive, I definitely (laughs) want to like... Like, interview Bruce Lee. 
Bruce Lee, what would you ask Bruce Lee? I think a lot would be like his philosophy because like there's so much pe- things that people talk about him is either like his martial arts mm-hmm. or his like philosophy. I like his water quote a lot. His water quote is dope. <laughs> I've read like biographies about him and all that stuff. And like mm-hmm. people would say like in terms of his philosophy is like, yes, he did think a lot about philosophy and studied it. But like a lot of what he wrote philosophy wise are just what he like copy and like like regurgitated from other philosophers probably so, greek philosophers be, yeah definitely like so it's like i'm not like taking anything away from him obviously but like <laughs> i would like what more get into that but i do think that he's pretty interesting in terms of how he talks and all that stuff and it would be cool to hear his perspective on like asian representation and asian identity no absolutely like especially he grew how he grew up and like all that stuff um you know just going back to your bruce lee re- thing real quick i think we can make it happen um let's hire a shaman let's hire the person that bruce lee spirit can take over their body and then you can you can interview oh, bruce lee. that could be a good that idea. would be, could be that a, would be an amazing podcast too. You right thing. it would be amazing it would be amazing yeah. if you make it happen but I, I think I'll be more realistic and like try to aim for at least an interview of her uh with Bruce Lee's daughter Shannon Lee oh, who's okay. still around and she's really trying to keep the Bruce Lee family name alive and well so I feel like she doesn't need to try. He's a big name everywhere to this day. <laughs> yeah, true, but I mean like in a more positive manner rather than just, you know, you see a lot of like Bruce Lee like merch and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like, for the longest time, it wasn't actually uh, merch that was done by the Lee family. Oh, I see, I see. Like, they had to really fight for it and get it back. And, like, a lot of the stuff done, like, merch-wise in the back was, like, yeah, you could get why it's done. But, like, it's very, like, cheap, very, like, you know, like, just for a money grab kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're not doing that now as well. But I feel like at least they're trying to make sure, like, the Bruce Lee name won't be, like, tainted or, like, people will still know him like they did an espn documentary on bruce lee as well oh wow so there's that too i love i love how oh, much you are lee. such a huge fan of bruce lee <laughs> oh can i ask look let's get much, into it like, why are you so inspired by bruce lee i'm not inspired by <laughs> bruce lee but i'm like you only know everything just, about him that's all <laughs> and i don't know everything about him but like i feel like he would be like the classic kind of like um uh, Asian, like diaspora Asian story from all the way back in the 60s and 70s, where he tried to make it in America and then he got like no love, or like at least people didn't want to fuck with him. And then he had to go back to Asia to like figure out his way and start doing these martial arts movies that everyone knows now. And then he died tragically at the end. So I think that's what kind of intrigued me. Like, I want to really know how he feels about Asian identity as a diaspora Asian because I don't think we really hear that much about it from like like uh, people of older generation that are diaspora Asians it's always like the the younger people yeah I would love to get like yeah really old school like you know like fourth generation Asian Canadian that would be amazing I think I think oh David Suzuki you think you think he would reply to my DM yeah, I don't think so. You could, you could talk to, to you could talk to him so, about so much. You could talk about envi- the environment. You could also talk about like 
Um, you were so, Japanese in terms. You were so optimistic. I love this. I don't think he would even read my I mean, email. Kind of uh, <laughs> yeah, but you gotta. Yeah, I don't know. I never thought about like, like the famous diaspora Asians yet. I'm just trying to like get like friends that I know that are diaspora Asian or even strangers that are like just doing doing cool shit right now, rather creatively, mm-hmm. like or like corporate or all that. Aim big. But, Aim big though. Nick, Nick, give me two names that you want on your podcast in the future. It doesn't have to be like within the next year, but it could be like in the future, you know, huge names. Let's manifest this, put it into the universe. <laughs> I think someone I really want to talk to would be Eddie Huang. From oh, Fresh I love Eddie Huang. I love him. Yeah. Yes, he is fantastic. He's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's very interesting and um, got a good perspective and I don't know. He's, he's chill. He's a dope yeah, guy, he's though. Chill. Like, I really like yeah, him. He's chill. All right. So he he's really knowledgeable about so many things too. So it's like having him talk about like politics and just like the whole system is pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. I don't. Another person. Mm-hmm. It's hard. To, it's hard to think of that like on the top of my head, but like I feel like I also want to talk to like any kind of high level like chief anything of like like a big company. Like oh. any people, any diaspora, right, agent. right, right. Yeah, because you study Cause business and that, stuff. That that and more like I want to understand like the whole concept of like the whole concept where we always talk about as Asian Canadians or Asian Americans, mm-hmm. like the whole bamboo ceiling. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to kind of hear their hear like, them dissect it uh, if it's real yeah. and and how it actually is and things like that. No, no. Yeah, actually, I I could think of someone that might not necessarily be diaspora diaspora mm-hmm. Asian. But still Asian that I want want to interview. It'll be like um, any of the uh, CEOs of like those tech companies, because there's oh, a lot yeah. of them that you might not know, but there are a lot of them that are Indian Americans. Mm. Like the the CEO of Google is Indian American, same with Microsoft what? as well, and just a bunch of others as well. Oh, that's so cool! I didn't know that. Like a lot of them are are like either like uh, born in India and then they studied. Uh, for the graduate or like uh, university degree in American state. Mm-hmm. So they would be diaspora as mm-hmm. well. And yeah, I think those would be interesting stories. And I don't know, how about you? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to interview on your podcast? Oh, man, I don't know. if my, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to keep doing my podcast. Uh, but it, let's say I do. Let's say <laughs> I, I am going to do this. Sorry. Let's say this keeps going forever. And like, I would love to have Russell Brand on my podcast. Like, I love Russell Brand. Russell Brand, a controversial figure. Is he controversial? Am I thinking the same one as I, as you are, Russell Brand? Who Describe the Russell Brand, you know. Oh, he's a, a, a British comedian, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The British comedian slash ex drug addict. Like, like I, I think like um he's interesting guy with a good story. But I would I have heard that he's quite controversial in like his views and what I don't know. It's also like who he interviews as well. Like he once upon mm-hmm. a time he also dr- interviewed like Jordan Peterson and a lot of controversial figures. Okay, yeah, no, no, I love Russell Brand. I think he's great. Uh, I think if you listen to the content of what he says, I don't think it's pseudo intellectual at all. Um, but I, I can see how it comes off that way because we live in a society that likes to repress people, you know, uh, talking about things in a way that they don't understand or in a way that makes them feel inferior, which I think is 
ridiculous but okay so the type of speakers and the minds that i like are typically ones that come from places of compassion and uh openness and non-judgmentalness so like i really like um you know gaber mate i don't know if you know who that is he's like that be you want to tell us about it yeah, he's one of my favorite minds. He's still alive. He's very old now. But he's a psychiatrist uh, based in Vancouver. And he's worked on the downtown east side for, I think, three decades. And he's had mm. like a super high success rate working with people with addiction and homelessness. Mm. And when I say super high success rate, that's 5%. Can you believe that that's considered a incredibly successful like that's how hard it is right and Mm -hmm. he does all these lectures you can look at him up online and he talks about being compassionate and uh towards other people and explaining that we all have different addictions not just drug addictions or whatever Mm. so i really like him so for me i come from a place of like understanding and compassion and typically Mm. a lot of the minds i like are psychiatrists because they speak with all the crazy people right and with when you speak with like a quote unquote crazy person or someone with mental disorder, you have to be compassionate if you want to help them. So those yeah, are kind of sure. my well, my my people. What what podcasts do you listen to with these like for for these content? That's hilarious. Like, that oh my god. Okay, first of all, Kyle, I'm gonna say you are a great podcast host. You're asking me great questions, and everyone listen to Kyle's you. podcast. Okay, so more about me. <laughs> um, you know what's funny? Everyone thinks I listen to like super intelligent people, <laughs> but honestly, I only listen to comedy podcasts. Yeah, I, me too. Me too. <laughs> okay, do, do you have... Okay, I've lately been really into Rice to Meet You with Uncle Roger, a.k.a. Um, Nigel Ng. Do you listen to that? Uh, He's so funny. I, I, I can't. I can't. You don't like him? I, I, I have... I, I can't say I I don't like him, but mm-hmm. I also can't say I like him. Why is he so controversial? What's your, what's your problem? He's not controversial. <laughs> Why? What's your opinion? Why? Why? Why are you so? It's a, it's, it's a whole accent thing. Oh, okay. Listen, you you're all like, oh, Asian diaspora. You know, different levels of Asian continuum, Asian, and you can't listen to it because of an accent. Come on. No, no, no. It's not. No, I'm. It's not because of the accent. It's more like the the res, the impact of his accent on the general scheme of things. Like, oh, I'm I thinking see. further in like whether or not his accent used. Mm-hmm. is really benefiting Asian in terms of the uh, representation. Also, like, whether or not his accent, that that's the vocal point of the comedy or not. Like, oh, okay, okay. If it so, is, okay, okay. then whether or not the lots of people are watching it. And we just got to assume a lot of people mean a lot of white people are watching it. So uh, my question is, are the white people that's watching it and finds it funny, is it because of the accent? And if it's the accent... So are they laughing at... Are they laughing at the jokes or at the jokes the accent? or are laughing yeah. at us? No, no. I, I get what yeah. you mean. Totally. Like, I mean, that's a whole thing. And I, I don't I don't have very strong opinions yeah. on it because I because I'm a huge fan of comedy. Yeah. Like, I love stand up comedy. So yeah. I get what he's doing. And and yeah, he's and too. the thing like, with him is that he's not actually like Asian Canadian or American or British or whatever. He's yeah, he's, he's straight up he's Asian, like Asian from Asia. So and he's I think yeah. he's just doing a slightly more exaggerated accent that he already has. You know what I mean? Like if I was going around doing yeah. like a Vietnamese accent, people would be like, "What the fuck?" But if I was from Vietnam and yeah. people would be like, "Oh, she's just trying to speak English." <laughs> you know? Like 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 for me personally, it's like I'm not gonna be like not supporting mm-hmm. him but i also wouldn't be like 
be like, oh, I love this guy, or like I think he's doing something really, okay. really great. Because to be honest, I feel like his type of comedy in terms of the accent, it has already been done years and years You're ago. You're tired of it. Like it's not something. It's not something I haven't seen before. Like, I, I get, get what, what you mean. mean I understand like, your viewpoint, and I know there's been a lot of controversy on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you listen to Asian, not Asian? Yes. So he, uh, Nigel Ng was on. Yeah, I listened to that episode. Like, so, so you listened to his explanation about why he does yeah, the accent I, I, because, yeah, right, because the only people that are really offended by the accent are Asian Americans or Asian Canadians. You know what like, I mean? I'm not like, a, like, I'm not offended, but it's mm-hmm. more like I don't find it as funny as a lot of people do and i feel like it's just because at a certain point in my life i just recognize that a lot of like these funny things for a lot of asian american asian canadian in regards to the accent or like the relatability of asians are very Mm -hmm. surface level of them trying to reconnect with their roots in asia Mm -hmm. so it's like i'm kind of Again, back to like the whole scale or like the pendulum where like I, I feel I'm more Asian, so therefore these kind of comedy. While it seems like it's funny, but it's like it's, it's it is what it is. It's not. It's that more. Special. It's more harmful than it is funny. You think? I wouldn't say that, but I don't find it that funny. <laughs> All right. Okay. I got you. I got you. But if anyone is looking for a comedy podcast by Asian people. I recommend Rice to Meet You. Um, I, I would recommend Asian, not Asian. Asian it, I, like, I really like Asian, not Asian for sure. Oh, yeah, of course. The number one DIU, pod. DIU podcast. How could we forget? And they, they're the OG for Asian podcasts. I mean, they started in 2016. I mean, shout out to <laughs> Gavin and Jack. <laughs> Our friends. Our friends. <laughs> right i'm shout yeah. out to our friends um but yeah i i also listen to tiger belly i love tiger belly yeah, tiger belly yeah great. it's great tiger do Bell's you listen great. to bad friends yes i love bad friends i yeah. love i like i would die for andrew santino i i don't really? I, I think he you is like the, like the the ginger i think he is so funny i like the ginger i like his sense of humor yeah. i uh, i would i would love him i think he is Amazing. I, I think he's a great like podcaster like yes like yes but like like he is of course funny with his stand-up and stuff but i find him more like funny, funny. as a podcaster agree yeah. completely agree like just as a conversationalist and with his chemistry with bobby lee incredible yeah. i think he is amazing um i also listen well uh, who, who else do you listen to just just throw some podcasts in here let's see we mentioned asian not asian tiger belly i listen to fun friends. with dumb sometimes sometimes with, it depends on the yeah case. yeah 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 I, I like the current four he has on right now like with the, yeah. the two girls I, I like the dynamic yeah. um i also listen to feeling asian i i think it, it gets a pretty heavy because they kind of overshare but then that's oh. literally what they want to do right okay not not in the bad like overshare like they mm-hmm. they're poor like as much as they want like feel like they want to but like these things you don't really generally believe like podcasters really want to bring out like right they talk about pretty like like heavy stuff i don't know um so if you know. like I like also, deep stuff then yeah, deep, feeling yeah. feeling asian yeah yeah <laughs> i don't i also listen to the dave chang show but like for him it's very niche in terms of if you really liked him as a guy or like you really like interested in knowing like the culinary industry, Dave Chang. 
Dave Chang's like not my favorite. I really like Roy yeah. Choi. He's more my style. Oh, Roy, Roy Choi, yeah, for sure. Like, I love Roy Choi. He's so cool. He is pretty cool. Like, yeah. yeah. What I other sh- podcasts do you listen to? I think um, that's about it. Do you listen I- to Joe Rogan religiously? Oh, yeah, yeah. I listen to Joe Rogan. I don't listen to him religiously, but I, you know, like I've listened to him for so long now that I just like I see a name I recognize and I'm like, oh, yeah. Like I love when he has like, do you know Graham Ham? Ugh, love Graham Hancock? He's like all these names are always familiar because it's always like Joe Rogan kind of thing. So, yeah. 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 Like I like all his uh, his drug, his drug guests. <laughs> <laughs> so like Graham Hancock like talks about DMT and spirituality and pyramids and shit. Mm. And, How yeah. are you liking Joel Rogan's new studio? Like I, I don't, I, yeah, I think his new studio looks really weird. I'm not really sure what kind of vibe he's he's aiming at. But it doesn't matter. He's getting a hundred million. I know so much money. Oh my god. Okay, other podcasts. I just remembered. Sometimes I listen to Whitney Cummings. Not all the time. Oh yes, I, I do. If I yeah. like the gu- yeah, yeah, I, I, like, I like her. Like gu- sometimes. if I like the like yeah, yeah, if I like the guest, then it's like great. Um, I also sometimes listen to Andrew Schultz on Flagrant Ugh. too, which yeah. is like I I can't really listen to it all the way because they talk about sports a lot so when they talk about sports i like can't listen to it but when they talk about something like that i'm into like their their takes are really funny like do you watch cobra kai oh the oh they talk about that religiously yeah or at least they know they they mention one thing about a character from cobra kai and it's like the funniest fucking thing ever andrew schultz is like i I love i love him actually i'm i feel indifferent for him like i think he's cool but like i don't have like strong feelings about him I like the No Chaser podcast with Tim DeLaghetto De and oh, I think yeah, I listen, yeah, friend. I think I listened to like one episode of that on YouTube. But yeah, yeah, it's it's not bad. Okay, so I love it. I love that yeah, you. So it bad. seems like you've always kind of been into podcasts. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to just because nowadays I I can't follow up with like all the new top forty or like songs in general because I am horrible with names and song titles. So and then Spotify just put it on and whatever. Mm-hmm. But now podcasts, I feel like you can just put it on and just listen to it. Absolutely. And you feel like you're learning. Right, right, right. You're doing something. Regardless if it's funny or not. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's great. I think this is a great time to end the the show. I think this has yeah. been a really fun episode, Kyla. You've been no, amazing. Sure. Not only as a guest, but as like almost my co-host, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Plug your shit. Anyway, so <laughs> first you can follow me on Instagram at at Kyle K Y L E dot L K H H K. Again, it's at Kyle K Y L E dot L K H H K. And if you want to listen to my podcast, I will have my first episode out featuring the boys from DIU Pod. It should be out by the time this podcast comes out. And it's the podcast is called What Kind of Asian Are You? So you can just search on Spotify or wherever you listen to um, podcasts. Right now, it's not on Apple Podcasts apple podcast yet but i'm working on that and um yeah guys what kind of asian are you podcast just search what kind of asian are you it'll come up and um there's no page for it specifically yet for the podcast but it'll be on the way again if you want to follow me at on instagram it's at kyle k-y-l-e dot l-k-h-h-k and thank you nina for having me today of course kyle thank you for coming on this has been so fun um i will check out your first episode gotta support my my toronto asians (laughs) (laughs) 
um yeah no definitely this was super fun um thank you everyone for listening to this episode of past the poutine podcast thank you to my guest kyle for being on the show and i'll see everyone on the next episode bye, bye. Past the poutine. This is the poutine.